What's up, guys? Thank you all for checking out this edition of the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a great show lined up for you guys today as we are doing our NBA season preview. There are plenty of big storylines coming up this season. Of course, you got the Bucks trying to repeat as NBA champion. You got the Brooklyn Nets trying to overcome not only the disappearing act of Kyrie, but also the tough loss of the Bucks in the playoffs last year. You got the Lakers coming out with a a new but yet old roster that makes sense um you got the drama in philly there was some drama in portland a lot of young teams trying to come up on the rise plenty of stuff to follow for this season so i'm excited to talk about that we'll give you guys plenty of predictions plenty of analysis this is going to be a great show hope you guys enjoy it i know we'll have a fun time talking ball for this hour joining me is my co-host kendall and staying on that topic when it comes to favorite storylines that you'll be following this season for you kendall what is this? What's the top storyline right out the gate that you'll be excited to see? Uh, yeah, EJ, glad to be here. Glad to be talking NBA uh, on this preview show. Always a great week. Um, I think the storyline to me that's that's going to be most fascinating uh, is probably the idea that um, you know, following this 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 trend that we've seen uh, and continue to attract this trend that we've seen of. Um, you know, super teams and uh, the lack of parity in the NBA yeah. uh, for years, for the last, you know, I, I would say 10 years or so, we've seen uh, less parity. Or some would argue it's been there's been no parity in the NBA since its existence. But right. um, but we've seen that be a real we've seen the, 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 the pendulum also swing to big market franchises as well. And. Last year was a little bit different uh, because of the Lakers having injuries and faltering and stumbling and obviously getting beaten in the first round by Phoenix and Brooklyn, uh, although they seem to be the big bad juggernaut all season, uh, because of them not quite being able to stay healthy throughout the regular season and throughout the playoffs, uh, they were obviously eliminated by walking the second round. So we had a playoffs that had a lot of uh, non-historical franchises like you know, Atlanta and the Clippers and uh, obviously we had the finals with uh, Phoenix and Milwaukee. And so a lot of new faces, a lot of players that hadn't made it that far in their careers, a lot of, again, franchises that hadn't really made it that far ever or in a long time. So uh, it, that was fun to see. And it will be interesting to track whether or not this season will revert back to the, you know, juggernauts you know will we just get uh, a lakers nets finals that was easy to predict on game one or are we going to get teams that we don't expect are we going to get a utah jazz or a denver nuggets or you know are we going to get the indiana pacers or the knicks or somebody that to come out of come out of uh, left field and surprises like we were last year so that'll be interesting to, to, to see as the season progresses yeah, I agree, man. Like, I think that that was one of the things that was kind of fascinating to watch. You know, we, we talked about it. I don't know if we talked about it on air, but I know we had conversations off air about, you know, oh, what will be the media's reaction to the non-LeBron effect of him not being in the playoffs, you know, in oh. the deeper levels. And, and then we got to the finals. You know, we had a lot of players that had never been in the NBA finals. And what was that going to be like? I don't think – I think the NBA didn't really miss a beat, to be honest. I thought that – There were some TV shows that did. <laughs> Space Jam and India. Uh, besides those shows, um, I felt like overall, I think that the fans, at the very least, were still very engaged with the NBA Finals. They were still really excited about 
what was going on. And I think we end up getting some really great ball. So I think at the end of, at the, end of the day, ball always trumps everything as long as it's quality, even star power. And I think that's what we got with last year's NBA uh, playoffs and NBA finals. It will be fascinating to see, um, uh, you know, will again, will we kind of have that, that tug of war you're talking about? Will we see it kind of revert back where you see teams like the Nets and Lakers that definitely loaded up on star power. And, of course, they have the two biggest stars arguably in the league. Uh, besides maybe Steph Curry, of course, is probably the third cog in there when we talk about Durant and, and LeBron. You know, will we see those teams return or will we see, you know, another Milwaukee and another Phoenix um, in the championship? Will we see, you know, an Atlanta Hawks rise up and find themselves, you know, in the conference finals and two games away from, you know, an NBA uh, championship appearance, which is kind of crazy to think about considering where they were to start the season. So um, it felt like last year was a changing of the guard in many ways. A lot of people talked about that, and I think that that was a f- accurate assessment this year i think will be a way more telltale sign of whether or not we did truly have a change of the guard at least for last season and is that something we're going to see moving forward or will we kind of revert back to the kind of same old same old that we're accustomed to seeing so we'll talk about that and plenty of other big stories uh throughout this season um on this podcast so again thank you guys for rocking with us and let's begin with the milwaukee bucks because they of course come in as the nba champions Uh, i think a lot of Demons were exercised with their run last year. Giannis being that MVP caliber player in the postseason as opposed to just being the regular season. I think it was something that we needed to see from him. I think there was a lot riding on that playoff run. We can talk all we want about who was hurt and who wasn't in teams they played. But nonetheless, Giannis, especially during the NBA Finals, certainly came through in a major way and really planted himself as a true, true, true elite of the elite kind of player in this league um obviously coach bud who was pretty much maligned up until they <laughs> winning the championship uh, a lot a lot of uh you know a, a lot of uh you know a lot of stuff that he was dealing with a lot of um uh, uh people who, who who were questioning his coaching ability and questioning some of the moves that he made that gets pushed to the side chris middleton you know we went from izzy a robin to people saying he's batman it just seemed like everybody kind of leveled up for the bucks in this finals run. And then we come into this year, we're trying to do a repeat. We know the challenges that come in a repeat. Um, everybody's gunning for you. Do you get complacent? Do you stay as healthy as you were last year? Though the Bucks obviously had the Dante DiVincenzo injury, so it wasn't like they just got through scot-free, quote-unquote. When it comes to the Bucks trying to repeat this year, Kendall, what would you say is their biggest impediment? Um, When it comes to the Milwaukee Bucks, uh <laughs> Funny you mentioning uh, Mike Budenholzer, um, how he was. We, I mean, we knew we just knew he was going to get fired uh, when if they would have lost to Brooklyn. And yeah, at, exactly. at a time it looked like when they were going to lose to Brooklyn, until um, so things kind of shifted. And now he's got a contract extension. Right. Jim John and Horace this this week just got a contract extension. So, uh, uh, an old adage that I that I heard recently is. Uh, Success turns luck into genius. So, mm, like that. <laughs> turn that, turn, you know, take that how you will. But, um, but no, I mean, th- this Milwaukee Bucks team, when it comes to uh, things that they should be worried about, um, I mean, let's be frank, uh, this is an NBA preview, and I guess is in theory an NBA topic. But you know, if one day Kyrie Irving just woke up and decided to get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that that would a new obstacle would be there that is not there 
today, but assuming that's not going to happen, um, you know, it's, I mean, I would say that they are certainly right there with Brooklyn at the top of the conference. Um, in terms of things I would be concerned about, I guess it's just the idea that last year was a perfect storm and that mm-hmm. uh, we see this all the time with teams that win championships that seem, I don't want to say fluky, but, you know, again, don't aren't the typical, you know, just dominating kind of, you know, super team kind of championship. Uh, there's always going to be some a little bit of there. There always tends to be a little bit of slippage. Um, Dallas after they won it uh, with Dirk. Yeah. Um, you know, Toronto, Toronto. I was why, but right. you know, still uh, they were still a good team, obviously, but weren't a championship contender. So that's going to be the thing. But when you have Giannis, you know, I would argue Giannis is ahead of. Uh, Dirk and and obviously Toronto didn't even have Kawhi, so you feel right. like yeah. you know you've got a guy who is a legitimate top three player in the NBA, while Dirk was at that point was viewed as maybe a top five or six guy. You know he wasn't. You know nobody was saying he was the best player in the world, and that's mm-hmm. what Giannis is striving to striving to have the mantle of, and it's pretty close to grabbing that mantle for now. Um, I think the big question mark is going to be that the 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 question of it again is it was it lightning in a bottle? Uh, was it the 2019 LSU college football team national national champions? Mm-hmm. Or was it a lot of lightning in a bottle situation, or was it uh, getting the monkey off the back? And now a guy like Giannis is going to be able to play free, and you know, and if he, we're going to see another gear that Giannis has. I mean, if you've watched the preseason. You know, all the jokes about Giannis having no game last year. I don't know if we're going to be hearing those as, as loudly <laughs> as right. we did in the playoffs last year. So uh, if that's the case, then I think every team in the NBA, uh, particularly in the Eastern Conference, should be very, very uh, afraid. Yeah, I think that's a very astute kind of uh, psychoanalysis of Giannis and, and the whole league and the whole uh, team for that matter. I think for me, the biggest impediment is in, in, in short term, in short answer, is Brook, the Brooklyn Nets. I think in the long answer, I would say it's really just a, a, an improved Eastern, deeper Eastern Conference. Um, in short, I think that if the Bucks see the Nets in another playoff series and they're fully healthy, and I'll even include, that doesn't include Kyrie Irving. If they're fully healthy, even Kyrie Irving isn't playing. Um, they're still, I think, a, a, a formidable foe. Clearly, we saw James Harden with, you know, he had key, you know, uh, QT tape or, or a KT tape, you know, wrapped around yeah. his whole thigh and hamstring out there playing on one leg, and the Bucks uh, had a tough trouble putting away the Brooklyn Nets. You know, Kevin Durant almost found a way to steal that series, and you know the Nets are bringing back uh, Aldridge this year. They brought in uh, Patty Mills and, and Millsap, and these guys are veterans who know how to win. Um, Mills, of course, has won championships. Um, they returned Blake Griffin. They, 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 and, they, and and I think, you know, when we see these super teams kind of form, typically the first year isn't always the year. I don't want to call the Lakers team LeBron had necessarily a super team, but just for argument's sake, just to, just to continue this point, um, you know, that was rare where, you know, one year you f- kind of change the whole roster and you got to add a star and the first year you win a championship. You know, a lot of times you kind of have to go through some lumps for whatever reason, injuries, chemistry, whatever situation may be, before you get there. So if we say, okay, that was the year for the Nets last year, this year will be different. 
then that's how that that changes things, you know, and and, and that could obviously make things difficult for the Bucks because we know that that's going to be their their number one obstacle. But I, I think it goes even beyond um, the Nets, to be honest, because the biggest thing about you know a repeat champion is just how much of a grind the regular season ends up being. You had a long postseason run. The Bucks are coming off of a uh, a a short turnaround, not as short as turnaround as last year with the teams that were in the finals last year, but a shorter turnaround than than typical for an NBA season. You're not playing 71 games, however many you played, or 72 games. You're playing you know the full 82 this year. And this is not a conference where there are all these easy wins that maybe we've seen in years past. Uh, we know a lot of teams got a lot better this year. You know, we know the, the, the Heat have gotten a lot better. We know the uh, Knicks have gotten a lot better. We know, you know, the Hawks are, are continuing to emerge. We know Chicago is taking a step up. A lot of these teams that, uh, you know, maybe the Bucks would have had a little easier time with maybe in a playoff series or even just playing in the regular season, just game the game. It might not be as easy a road through the Eastern Conference. Now, the bottom feeders are still the bottom feeders. You know, you're still lucky to have a team like Detroit and Cleveland, some of those teams at the at the bottom. But it's not as many of those teams. It's not as many of those easy Ws. So I, I think, to me, a deep Eastern Conference may end up beating up the Bucks maybe more than they're, they're really kind of accounting for. They're, they're, they're clearly, their eyes are set on Brooklyn. They know Brooklyn is the beast at the end that they got to slay again. And that's a, the right way to think, but I'm just saying these other teams that are gotten a lot better, Miami, a team I didn't mention, um, that, that's improved. Like, they got to go through those teams again. And I don't think Miami's going to be, you know, in Cancun mode like they were last year if they see them in a first-round series. Um, you know, who knows, you know, maybe Trey Young's ankle doesn't get, you know, twisted by a referee in a conference finals or a conference semifinals matchup with, the, uh, with them. We, we know, again, the Knicks may improve. Toronto could be a lot better. So I think, to me, just a, a stronger Eastern Conference can end up being a pretty big impediment to the Bucks this year. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I think that goes back to the idea of them them facing an East last year that was hobbled. And, uh, you know, and a lot of different reasons why things happened in the Eastern Conference that sh- shook out in a way in which the Bucks uh were 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 able to, to move standing, on. Yeah. yeah, why they were the last team standing. Um but if that quote unquote perfect storm doesn't hit this year, uh, you know, Atlanta, if they're fully healthy and if they get better, you know, that was that wasn't a, a blowout of a series. That was a pretty close no, series. That was that final. was an extremely competitive series. Yeah, and you know, obviously Trey Young was was hobbled. Um, so what happens if that team takes a step up? Uh, you know, a team you mentioned, uh, obviously Brooklyn, uh, dealing with the Harden injury last year. Uh, we'll see what Philly looks like by the time we get to the playoffs. But they were a team where they would have been dangerous to play in a in a playoff series. But obviously Simmons was dealing with his situation, and he didn't yeah. seem like uh, he was all there mentally. Right. But um, but we know on paper, people there were a lot of people that would have picked the Sixers to beat the Bucks, but they right. just, they couldn't get to them. Um, and, and then you mentioned teams like the Knicks that hope that they take a step forward. Obviously, the Celtics didn't have Jalen Brown, and obviously we had to run into the beast that was the Brooklyn Nets when they were fully healthy. So, and I was gonna say the beast of COVID too that ravaged their season. Yeah, exactly. They yeah, they were they were out of it. So yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. I mean, the Miami Heat. I guess they got Kyle Lowry. I guess we'll talk about what the, what that means. But 
Uh, we'll also see if someone like Tyler Hero takes a step up. Yeah, Duncan, Rob, Duncan Robinson, after getting that contract, I think he's looking for a bounce back year. I think he, yeah. he, he didn't play as well as he did. Not just yeah. in the bubble, but I, th- I think even before the bubble, before the, the stoppage in play, I think he, you know, um, he he seemed to be pressing a little bit in terms of his shooting and the way he played last season. We know he's an extremely dangerous offensive player when he's right. And yeah, so that with Jimmy and Bam, that's what that's. And a, we that's just saw the Miami Heat beat them. You yeah. know, so it, it's not like with you know it looked bad last year. Obviously, it it, uh, it wasn't close, but. The, the it's not without the realm of possibility. It's not it's within the realm of possibility that the, that the Miami Heat in theory could beat the the Milwaukee Bucks. So the Bucks have to they got to get better. You know, yeah. just that that happens with every championship team. You can't be complacent. Say we can we can kind of mess around and still win a championship, especially if you're not a super team. Yeah, I think I think the one kind of the one thing to look at in terms of the okay, well, what's the upside for the Bucks? I think as you mentioned, the 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 monkey off the back. We saw them get better at what were clear weaknesses in terms of how they played, especially late in games in the playoffs. And we saw it even in the Brooklyn series. But they, they improved. You know, they seem to have much more poise. They seem to have a better plan. The guys that maybe, uh, you know, the guy Chris Middleton, who was really, you know, we know is relied upon to really be kind of a closer for them, you know, feeling more comfortable in that role. I mean, how he just dismantled the Hawks, some of those close games on the stretch in that series, just exceptional. Um, Drew Holiday... Uh, we know we know his defense, but then also some of the, the the way he was running the team late in those games. We just saw them all again. The word I used earlier, level up. And now you know we know the circumstances were a little weird. Teams had injuries and things like that. And playing the Suns, a team that was never in that situation before. Even their veteran leader Chris Paul was never in a finals before. So it's different, but still, you know, it, it, this that, that Bucks team two years ago wouldn't have won a lot of those games. You know what I'm saying? So nah. credit where credit is due. I think if you're a Bucks fan, you got to be excited about that. And I think that there are some young players on that team who maybe didn't get a lot of time that we'll see play a lot more. You know, again, I, I know Jordan Noir. They brought in Grayson Allen. Um, you know, uh, I, you know, we talked about in our, by the way, you should check out our YouTube series, uh, New Generation Rookie Report. We're recapping and chronicling the rookies this year. Sandro uh, Mamoukilisvili. I think he's a guy that may get time for them. So some of these guys that got a little bit of time, their feet wet, some of these rookies that actually may get time for them. I think that, that if you're a Bucks fan, then you got to be excited that that combined with the veteran leadership that you and veteran experience that you earned last season will go a long way. I want to move to the Western Conference because I think that conference is fascinating from the sense that, you know, the team that I think most people are, are kind of looking at as a team to beat was a team that finished in seventh place in the conference last year. You know, the Lakers were the seventh place team. They lost in the first round. Um, convincingly to the Phoenix Suns. Yet, because of the moves they made this offseason, they really retooled the roster, of course, bringing in Carmelo Anthony, uh, bringing in Russell Westbrook, which was a major trade that they made, really kind of truly dismantling the kind of finals team that they had from the year before. A lot of the core of that team was in that trade. All those guys gone. You're talking about your Kuzmas and your... um, and your uh, 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 Tavis Caldwell Popes. And now this is a brand new roster. It's a roster that's a lot older, but it is a roster with some star power and a lot of experience. And they face a Western Conference that is fascinating to me because I think the Western Conference is like the kind of the opposite. <laughs> like, like right. you had the Lakers that are just this obvious, like, you know, a team that's clearly relying on star power and 
gut and kind of like veteran guile to get through, you know, this West this year. But he's talking about a Western Conference that's extremely young in terms of his star power. You know, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, those are younger stars. You know, obviously the Suns have Chris Paul, but you're talking about Aiton and Booker, younger stars, Jokic, younger star, Porter, younger star, Dallas with Doncic, younger star. Um, you know, the Warriors, you know, they're a team that had some older stars. But a lot of the teams you're talking about as contemporaries with the Lakers are built the the polar opposite to how the Lakers are. So when you look at how the Western Conference shapes up, who do you see as the team to be? Is the Lakers? Is the Phoenix who won the conference last year? They retooled some some guys as well. They decided not to resign it into a, a max contract, which was a surprising move to some, not to you, because you you kind of called that before everyone. Uh, who do you look at as a as a team? It's a team to beat in the Western Conference. Is it the Lakers or is it somebody else? Um, and we're talking. To get out of to to be to be in the finals, right? Yeah, get out the West. Yeah, get out the West. I mean, you know, I think I mean I think the team to beat. You know, that's always tough because I'm like, I mean, are you asking me to 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 say who I think is going to make it or who should be perceived as the favorites coming in? I would say who should be perceived as the favorites, but in your eyes, not necessarily not necessarily in the eyes of everybody. I think most people think the Lakers are right. Um. I mean, I think you kind of have to look at it as as, as Phoenix. Um, the Lakers have the track record, but that team was that team was bad last year, man. Yeah, they were not a good team. Yeah, they were not a good basketball team, and you know, I mean, I don't think they'll be that bad. But adding Russell Westbrook isn't the difference between you being a bad basketball team and you being the best team in the conference. Um, I hate to say it. Does it doesn't mean that they won't be better? It doesn't. What make about them. those? What about those ancillary pieces though? Is adding a Malik Monk, a Kendrick Nunn, a Melo, does that equal being the best team in the West? Your eyes, no. <laughs> I mean, the, the laugh says it all. <laughs> so I'm assuming that's a that's a, that's I mean, a profound. Run note. those names back at me, EJ. Uh, I say the Kendrick Nunn. That a Kendrick Nunn. Uh, Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony and Malik Monk. <laughs> your guy, your guy, Malik Monk. Let's call this a a huge, huge Malik Monk guy. No, Ken, Ken, Ken Bazemore. Ken um, Bazemore. Kenny Bazemore. Uh, yeah, Ken Bazemore. They got uh, Wayne Ellington. Got Wayne Ellington. Absolutely. DeAndre Jordan. Can't forget about him. I, I totally forgot he was on the team. Yes, DeAndre Rondo. Jordan is on that roster. Rondo. Rondo. Yep, Rondo's in that, I mean, they, in that mix. They got a squad, right? I mean, I mean, the squad was, you know, the the, the 2004 McDonald's All American team. Yeah, yeah. They, got, they got a hell of a squad uh, for <laughs> this year's NBA season. That's still to be determined. Trevor Reza, who's hurt, by the way, is also on this team too. Yeah, I know they're very excited about the Reza edition. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just a lot, not a lot of names. I mean, what did Reza do for Miami last year? I mean, Howard's on this team as well. I mean, this, yeah, this is Brunch crazy. Right. I've never seen a team assembled like this before. Yeah, it's 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 a little bit of a mess. Uh, my guy Austin Reeves, I guess, is on the roster now as well. Yeah. Shout out we'll to see, Austin Reeves. We'll see uh, what he what he gives them, but and, I mean, there's just not a whole lot of needle movers on this team. They 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 shifted a lot of furniture, but it didn't really improve the 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 layout of the room. Um, and that's the that's the problem. Uh, I think in the regular season their record will be better because of adding Russell Westbrook, but I don't think the addition of Russell Westbrook will help them much at all in the in the in the postseason. Um, you know, and that that's uh, so when you look at Phoenix, Phoenix, we'll see with the strife with DeAndre with DeAndre Ayton's contract, how that is handled, how that is 
manage throughout the season. But in terms of the in terms of the on court, I mean, you're bringing a lot of guys back. If you bring back your your most of your core, um, and you went to the finals last year, and it was a legitimate finals run. I mean, we could talk about. I mean, Kawhi wasn't in the conference finals, so that's a big deal. But, um, but they 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 I mean, wiped the floor with Denver, and obviously Jamal Murray wasn't there either. Was, injuries were a mess last year. So you yeah, know, every, every team that every everything that advanced far in the playoffs faced somebody that was hurt, except for the Hawks. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So I mean, so yeah. I, I, to me, I think that uh, Phoenix has to be a team that teams are eyeing for, uh, and, and we'll see whether or not they get back. But that, that's they're the target, and we'll see I, how yeah. a team like Phoenix operates. Because look, last year they were coming off a great bubble run, but people kind of dismissed it. You know, you didn't, but a lot of yeah, people dismissed not, it. Yeah. Um, you thought they'd be better than than most, and you were right about yeah. that. Um, but a lot of people dismissed it, so they didn't really come in with any sort of target. They were kind of like, "Oh, maybe we got to pay attention to these guys." But uh, they were, they were, they were the hunters. Now they're going to be the hunted in the Western Conference. Every game they play, that team is going to be up to play the Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how will they respond to that pressure? The Milwaukee Bucks are used to it because the Bucks have been a great team for five years now, pretty much since Giannis has been a star. But but the Phoenix Suns aren't used to that. The Phoenix Suns have been a dormant franchise up until last season for, since Devin Booker has been there. So how do they respond to that will be interesting. I don't, I'm not necessarily as convinced that they'll handle it as well as uh, most teams do. Yeah, I felt like the Suns had kind of a, a low-key, pretty decent offseason. Um, I thought that – I'm not sure about the the Shamit contract they just signed him to, but I thought the Shamit uh, – I thought the Shamit gamble was a good one. They they essentially didn't have a backup two for Devin Booker last year. Um, there was nobody on the bench that played that role. So you got a guy who can come in who could really kind of fill it up when he's right. I I think first of all, it seems like any guard that goes and plays with Chris Paul finds themselves. So that that's one. But two, I I, I think I don't think he meshed too well from like like just a character and player fit with the Nets as maybe as we thought. He would. Um, I think that that spotlight and that star power was, I think, kind of too much for him, which is kind of weird considering he did play, I guess, with the Clippers. But, you know, all eyes were on Brooklyn last year, especially when they added Harden. And he just wasn't ready for that. I think he'll play better for the Suns. Um, I think JaVale McGee was a pretty big pickup as well, a guy who can spell Aiden, and we don't know what his situation is like. But, you know, the Suns' backup center position was kind of a, a mess. You know, Frank Kaminsky... You know, kind of is what he is at this point. I think McGee kind of being a rim protector off the bench is going to help them a lot. So I, I thought those were two pretty shrewd moves. I agree. I think the Suns are still the team to beat because I think that they 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 have a they have a good mix of veterans plus young guys who are ascending and um, and an experience when it comes to winning. Uh, you know, deep into the postseason, obviously going to the finals. I think the problem that I have with the Lakers is besides maybe Talon Horton Tucker, who's hurt right now, is anyone on that team you would consider a player that's ascending? Like anybody uh, on the roster? I mean, not not anybody that's clearly ascending. I mean, you have some guys that you hope will be ascending. I mean, but... the, the only other the only, only candidate to me is maybe Malik Monk. Right. You know, I know Kendrick Nunn's a younger player, but I think he seems to, be, he, he seems to have been on the decline since his rookie year. 
Right. You know, like, and he's, it doesn't mean he's not a bad player. He's a good player, but he seems to be kind of he is what he is. I think at this point, the league is figuring him out. Right. Um. No one else on the roster, I would say, is anybody who I feel like is a center. Everybody on the roster, you know, unless they have career years, you would expect maybe they'll be kind of maybe you know maybe it's two percent less, maybe it's one percent less, maybe it's fifteen percent less. But I think you're expecting them to maybe be a little less than what they are usually. The key would be, you know, if if they're in a certain role that's comfortable for them, can they thrive in that role despite maybe being slightly diminished? I think for me, it's one of those things where I'm going to have to see it to believe it. But I will say LeBron is in a the – weird, the weird thing about the, the, the Lakers is, you know, cause someone like Bill Simmons, uh, shout out to Bill Simmons, I think he – he made a case that it's ridiculous to come to, to put LeBron in the same class as like LeBron, uh, KD and um, like Giannis. And I disagree with that with the caveat of if you take care of LeBron's health, I still believe that he could 100% take a team to a championship and carry them to a championship. But the question is, this team is so old in certain spots. Will they even be able to rest LeBron the way I think they need to, to, to be there in the end? You know, last year, we had that shortened season. I told you from the beginning, because I'm like, they got to have. I would not be playing him back-to-back. I, mean, I, I told you. I would have a full full um, load management schedule for LeBron, especially coming off this short championship turnaround. They didn't want to hear it. They didn't really do it. Um, AD's a guy who already gets hurt. You know, he's in the primary career. He got hurt early, so now LeBron's doing more. He was having a great season, but then he went down. And as we've seen, any Lakers season that doesn't have a break in the middle, the guy gets hurt. And he, he's out for a significant amount of time and ends up kind of, you know, laboring with the rest, laboring with him the rest of the season. We saw it now twice out of the three years he's been with Los Angeles. So when I see his backup is Carmelo Anthony, his backup is Trevor Reza, who's already out. <laughs> that, that leaves me concerning, concerned about whether or not he really can get that rest. Now, putting someone like Russell Westbrook in the mix, it, it does do something I think they need to do, which was move him off the ball. Because he doesn't have the the, the wear with the, he doesn't have the um, the wear and tear of having to also run the offense, so that does help. Because Russell Westbrook will definitely be the guy running the offense. But then you got to wonder if Russell Westbrook is the right fit with the guys they have. Um, I think, still think they need to add another shooter. They have so many they have a mishmash of guys that they could probably add the guy via trade somewhere. So I don't want to just say oh they, they don't have the shooting so they're not going to make the finals. I think this this roster to me is still kind of in development. I don't think this is necessarily the final piece. But because of that, I would lean to the Suns. I think the Suns have a much more complete roster that makes sense as presently constituted. There's questions about if Aiton will have his head on straight after being disappointed by not getting the contract extension. But if that's the worst question I have, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what the addition of Russell Westbrook, that's what makes it so valuable is that he can carry a load in the regular season that they just didn't have anyone else. Like, yeah. so when AD got hurt, when LeBron was hurt or he's rested, they didn't have anyone else. Yeah, you're looking at Kuzma, you're looking at, you know, KCP, Harold. KCP, you know, guys who they they just shouldn't be relied on to be trying to do anything like that. Yeah. You know, like these guys Russell are Westbrook, role players. You can say what you want about them, but if LeBron and AD aren't there for a game, He's gonna pick up the slack. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna pick up the slack. Yeah, I, can't, I can't tell you how successful it will be for the team, but he he right. definitely gonna pick up the slack. And you know they may not be able to beat Brooklyn, but if they're playing a you know a, a, a more bound team, or some run of the luck team like you know Portland, they'd have a shot. At that point now, if Russell Westbrook turns back the clock, 
and he's the best player on the floor against Damian Lillard, that's not impossible for a regular season matchup. So that's what that's what he really presents to them that I think is going to be super vital, and it will it will allow LeBron to take games off. It will allow AD to take games off, and that that's going to be crucial. Um, I don't think they'll be the one seed, but it, it'll help them a lot. One last question, Lakers, before we move on. I kind of feel like with you know, I felt like Vogel. I think has done a pretty good job. I think he got a little too much heat for last year on some of the complaints. I know the office wasn't that great, but he didn't have that many great players. So like, so certain points, sometimes I'm like, okay, like he was worried with the hand he was dealt in many ways. But even beyond that, I feel like in terms of respect to the for the locker room. I felt like Jason Kidd as the assistant was a great liaison for him in terms of getting that respect from the locker room. Kidd is gone. Now, this is an even more veteran team, guys who have never played for Frank Vogel. I think that that might be a low-key thing to follow this season um, in terms of do they buy in to Vogel in year three, you know, a year removed from a very disappointing end to the season for the Lakers. And, um, you know, I, I think that's a... I think the Jason Kidd, I don't know how much Jason Kidd is an addition to the Mavericks, but I think he isn't a loss to the Lakers in terms of how they reacted to him. I mean, anybody in the Lakers organization, talk, you know, they speak so highly of Jason Kidd and his leadership and his ability to relate to the players and, and all that stuff. So I, I believe it. I don't think they're lying. So if that's the case, losing that guy and then adding all these other guys who are older veteran guys who may look at Vogel's track record and say, okay, you won a championship, but it was with LeBron. I know LeBron is here, but, you know, do they buy in completely? Or is LeBron able to kind of be that person? You know, who, you know, Jason is called May LeBron's a guy who ends up being kind of the, the liaison to the head coach in many ways, which we kind of know he already is. But I think that's a that's an underrated storyline to follow with this Laker team moving forward. I do agree. Uh, the Suns. Um, I think those are the two teams. I don't. I don't think you know. When we talk about is there another team that gets in there? You know, is Utah someone that deserves more respect? I think they deserve more respect. But I, I think that we're in a position with Utah now where we just have to see it to believe it. I don't think that we can jump to who's there or team to beat, um, at least in my opinion, until they actually do it. You know, similar to the Bucks in the kind of ways. Like, you know, the Jazz had the best record in the West. And, they, they you know, I know Don was a little banged up. But, again, every team was injured. So, I'm just – that's just not an excuse at this point. And they beat lost a team that didn't have Kawhi Leonard. So, like – I think that that's still – they will be the other team that probably wouldn't want to say, hey, what about us? I would say, is Conley going to be healthy again for another season? And uh, what do you guys look like in the postseason again? Because it looked good in the first round. Second round, not so good. So I think that's a question mark with the with the, um, with the uh, with those teams in the West. I want to talk about the teams in, in both conferences here, Kendall. And I want us to kind of make a uh, kind of a prediction here. So last year – we had, you know, several teams in each conference kind of rise up through the conference rankings. Um, the Sixers, of course, went from middling team to the no more team in the East. Knicks went from bottom feeder to the fourth seed. The Hawks went from a bottom feeder to the fifth seed in the in the West. Of course, you saw Utah go from middling to the number one seed, similar to Phoenix, uh, Philadelphia. So the Suns go from a, a, a kind of outside looking in playoff team to the number two seed. Which teams do you see this year making those kind of jumps? in the standings during the regular season for both conferences? Uh, for both conferences? Um, you can start with one. You, know, you don't have to obviously both right. at the top. But just, yeah. yeah. 
so I mean, I guess I guess for we're looking at the Eastern Conference. Um, it, I think a team that could that could maybe make a surprise. A, a surprise vault in the Eastern Conference. I mean, I don't think that this would be a shock because they're they're a they're a you know an institution. But I would say that the Miami Heat could be dangerous. Um, they were just in the finals, but people were writing them off. And I, you know, I mean, the addition of Lowry, we'll see what that means. I, I'm not, I'm not like, I don't think that that'll be the difference. Um, but I think that you know you you. you Continue. I mean, you, you continue the development of Bam. Uh, obviously, Jimmy Butler, if he's if he's healthy and he's able to play, you know, majority of the games. Uh, and you mentioned the the you know their two shooters, Hero and Robinson, need to have back bounce back seasons. And you know, Hero seems to be uh, on a on a on a vengeance tour. Um, yeah, he said he should be in the same class as Trey Young. Yeah, Trey Young, Luca, Ja, his name should be in that category. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, he's never lacked confidence. I'll tell you that much. But <laughs> that's um, a nice way. That's a nice way to say uh, he's off his rocker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I will say, I mean, I think he's averaging more points than all those dudes in the preseason. So, <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah, he's playing right now. He's he's playing like a guy with uh, with something to prove for sure. Yeah, and I think he heard the whispers that he wasn't the same player in the you know with fans. Right, I, I think plenty right. of guys do subs about guys. You know, Jason Tatum says guys play different in the bubble. Right, <laughs> I think a lot of people felt like when we were talking about the the bubble versus non bubble stars, a lot of people were talking about Tyler Hero. Yeah, I think he heard it. I'm sure on the court he heard it. I'm sure, you know you know how ruthless trash talk is in the NBA. I know Greek guys were saying this ain't the bubble, fam. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And. You know, and, and then he talks about the fact that he he's he's got a kid now, and so he's got to like, you know, all that all that nonsense. <laughs> you know, he can't he can't he can't have that on. He can't you can't you can't act like that anymore. You know, so, yeah, so I think he's gonna be a lot more focused. Him, he pictures him with the Braves and hanging out with Jack Harlow. Right. I mean, he was hanging out with Jack Harlow this year, so I don't I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know. He said yeah, right. that. You know, he can say what but. but. Um, but yeah, I mean, he played, obviously again, he's played great in the preseason, so we'll see yeah. what Miami looks like, but, you know, I don't know if we're going to see anybody in the East, um, be a team that was, you know, again, you got teams like Charlotte, uh, Chicago was a trendy pick, but I don't think we're going to, that was a rare occurrence that we saw last year with some of these yeah. teams, but yeah, it was, so the, it was the who, standings who turned upside down. Uh, the team to look out for. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll be that guy. Well, no, I'm not going to pick Chicago. I'm going to pick Toronto. Toronto was a disaster last year. They were twenty-seven and forty-five. The Tampa, um, Raptors. yeah, and I yeah, the Tampa Bay, <laughs> the St. Peter's, uh, Raptors. Um, nah, like they were a disaster last year, and I was surprised. Remember, I, I I thought they would take a step back, but I thought they would still make the playoffs, and I still thought pretty highly of the Raptors, and that whole setup just didn't work. And I think you know Lowry, kind of knowing that hey, if this doesn't work out, they're gonna try to probably move him. I think that that hung over the team all season. And it just it just did not work. And sometimes you have seasons like that where you're trying to you, you you win the championship and then you're trying to hold the line and you're showing a lot of pride being a you know championship contender and okay you lost Kawhi but you still want to show that you're one of the top teams in the NBA and they held the line that one you know the year after and they had a respectable run in the playoffs but then you know they let go of the rope so to speak I think last year you know and they got dealt the worst hand of any team 
for COVID, they couldn't play their home in in their own home. So and they had to live away from their own home. So it was it was it was a bad fit all around. But I think the Raptors will will return to the playoffs this year. Um, I think that I don't I, losing losing Lowry is gonna be a crusher because he's 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 a heart and soul of the team. So I don't want to I don't want to minimize that. But I think if you're trying to replace someone with another old point guard, I think Dragic isn't a bad replacement. I think in terms of health, it's a little concerning. But you do have Fred Van Vliet, who does a lot of ball handling, too. And Malachi Flynn, I think, is going to have a really good second year. I love the coming out of the draft. I think we saw some really good play from him in Summer League. And I think he's just a good player. I, I think that he's going to end up being kind of a surprise for them. Maybe he's a Fred Van Vliet from maybe three or four years ago when he was hitting shots against Golden State in the finals as a bench player. And I think Malachi Flynn could be the kind of player for them. I think Scotty Barnes is going to be a, a multiple a defender kind of guy coming off the bench. Gary Trent, I love that they resigned him. Um, Watch out for my guy, Precious Achua, man. And then Precious Achua's in that roster, too. And, and then Chris Boucher can play a little bit, too. The, the center yeah. position is a little bit of an issue, but I, I think you may end up seeing um, you might end up seeing Nurse go small this year. I think you yeah. might see a lot of lines where Achua is starting at five or Siakam starting at five. They got a lot of good skill players. So I'm going to say that they're the team... It takes a big leap. Uh, Chicago is a team that I think will also take a leap. I am not as bullish on Chicago as everybody else because I think that, one, I think the addition of Alonzo Ball is a little overrated, and I still have questions about their ability to to defend the rim. I think that you'll be able to still score on them at will. And then my third issue with the Bulls is, and I say all that to say I still think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they're going to be a 7th or 8th seed kind of team. Because I'm also right. not sold in the, on the fit between Levine and, and DeRozan. You know, the, right. the the team doesn't have that much shooting. You can make the case that, you know, Ball is the second-best shooter in the starting lineup. Like, you know, and he, he's a decent shooter. He's much improved, obviously, since earlier in his career. But I don't know if that's the role I like for him, you know. So uh, I think Toronto, you know, will kind of be in the same ballpark with the Bulls. But I think considering how people are kind of sleeping on them, I'll pick them as my team that will definitely make a big leap. So what 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 would you say to this? Because this is why I'm not buying Toronto, not because because I I earlier in the offseason I kind of agreed that yeah Toronto should be a lot better. I mean again playing in Tampa was a nightmare, and so now them being in Toronto, you know yeah they're losing Lowry, but you know he's kind of replaceable at the guard spot with what they already have. But I think last year, you think they were exposed last year? I. I, it feels to like a that's degree, where you're going. Yeah. Not necessarily even that they were exposed, but I think we saw. It's like that. I feel like the Atlantic Division right now is like the NFC West in football, where you've just got somebody's got to be bad, and that Atlantic right. Division right now. It's very it, tough. It's tough. I mean, are you telling me you don't think the Celtics are going to make the playoffs? Are you telling me the Knicks are going to not make it? Is Brooklyn not going to make it? Is Philly not going to make it? Or are we gonna have every team in the division make it? I'm and telling so that, you that I'm telling you that the and Central so what, and the South I'm telling you that the Central and the Southeast has some have some teams that are gonna be struggling this year. Oh, one hundred percent. Like, yeah, it may it may it may actually talk out that way. <laughs> it could potentially talk out that way. But like mm-hmm. if you would have told me last year the Knicks are gonna be a lot better and they're gonna make it and you know, the Nets had already made it, you know, but they're gonna be obviously they're gonna be a lot better and they're gonna make it. Then I would have said, "Wow, so what? Is every team in the in the Atlantic going to make it?" I wouldn't have predicted that Toronto would have been as bad as they right. were. They didn't need to be that bad for them to not make the playoffs. But I, 
you know, it, it's just going to be tough. And for them, like, every single division game is going to be a, a game against a potential playoff team. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that you know, that, that'll be the, the, the interesting thing for for looking at Toronto and saying if they're if they're actually going to make the playoffs is just the schedule is going to be tougher. You mentioned the Southeast Division is a little easier. Well, you're talking about Charlotte. Well, they got you know three four games against you know a team like Orlando, you know, and a team like Washington, you know. So that'll that that that's that's the part about Toronto that worries me. It's not even the team because I think if they were in a different division, they would have a much better shot at making it. But they're in the toughest division in the league. I think when we go over to to the Western Conference, I think to me the Golden State is the team I'm looking at to make a big step up. Uh, another bold prediction in this in this pod, I will say the Golden State Warriors. And you know, I've I, I've I've had I've been way, very bullish on the Golden State Warriors post KD leaving in our first two years. No, oh, yeah. I've been badly wrong. To be fair, I didn't know that you know Clay was getting hurt last year. You were like the guy that was like. You know, oh Kevin Love is gonna. Cavs are still gonna be a playoff team if they got. They got, they got <laughs> yeah, I was that guy. <laughs> right, I was I was that guy at the Warriors, but but I think I think the stars will align a little better for them this year. And I'll say the Golden State Warriors are a top four team in the West. Um, Steph Curry is coming off of an immaculate season. Clay will come into the fold. I think they'll bring him along slowly. But I think what excites me about the Warriors, even beyond. You know Steph's great season, and then you know Clay's return. Is I think, you know, we saw those other guys really kind of come into their own last season. Um, I think Jordan Poole is going to have a dynamite season. Um, I think we'll see. You know, with a full training camp, full off season, I think you'll see a different uh, James Wiseman too. I think that he'll be a lot more of a factor for them. And I don't. I didn't think he was even bad during his rookie season, but you know he did. You know, have some of his uh his 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 detractors last year. Otto Porter was a good fit. Um, bringing Andre Iguodala, kind of a veteran guy. The guy is like you know ancient, but he he can still play ball. We've we've seen him you know still be able to contribute. So I, I think the Warriors are going to be a really good team. Um, again, I I expect you know Steph to continue to play well, and you know the key for them will remain health. But I think the addition of some of these veterans. And, and then the, the ascension of a guy like like Poole and maybe Wiseman, um, I would say the, the the Warriors become a top four team in the West. Um, I mean, yeah, the Warriors are a fairly safe bet. Uh, I don't know. I mean, top four. That's why. Top. That's why. That's why I leveled up. I didn't just say they'll make the playoffs. Right, I'll, they say, make the I'll say they'll be a top four team because when I look at, I mean, we'll get into the teams that are going to fall, but I, I think that I look at that top four and I see teams that I think will fall. So, so I, I that's why I'm, I'm willing to make that jump. Right. Um, when it comes to uh, teams in the West that I think will be vastly improved, um, from a contender standpoint, I think Dallas uh, is going to be a, a a real Western Conference contender. And wow, I am like you, EJ, in that. For you, it's Golden State. For me, I feel like I've been calling the Dallas as a contender in the West thing for about a year now, year or two. And they haven't really got there. You know, <laughs> they've been dangerous, but they've just played tough teams that they can't beat in the playoffs. I mean, they, you know, they, well, they've been the Clippers. The Clippers yeah, have been the team they can't beat in the playoffs. One, one team, but, you know, it's been a tough matchup. You know, Kawhi has out, out, outdone Luka two years in a row in, a, in what would have been great battles. But, um, but I think that, 
uh, this will be the year. And I think last year was really a, I mean, really should have been the year. You know, like if they get by, if they get by the Clippers, which they should have, um, you know, who knows what happens. They only uh, had to win one home game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They it's only crazy. had to, they only had to win one home game. They couldn't do that. Uh, so yeah, I don't. I, you know, I think I, I think Dallas will be the team that takes a jump. I think we're going to see a better year from Chris Asport Lincoln, and I think that's going to be the difference for this team. Um, and I like some of the some of the ancillary uh, additions as well. Uh, but when it comes to uh, a team that maybe was a little bit more on the fringe, uh, that'll be that'll also be much better. Uh, the two teams that I that I'm sort of sort of debating in my head are Sacramento and Utah. Um, I'm I'm on your I'm on I'm on yeah I was at Utah how do you go higher than number one um I'm on the I'm on the 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 Kings bandwagon for a team that uh they're also I think that they may compete for they may they're gonna be the tenth team I think right they'll be in that playing game yeah they they're gonna get stomped by somebody in seven but they they were they eleven last year or twelve or something like that I guess but they were just so far (laughs) no they were twelve and they were I mean they were two games out but the difference between the, the difference between the Grizzlies. And that tenth team was five games, so it was yeah. like, you know, it was like they were on the same, they were in a different stratosphere when you got right. to be in that tenth seed. I think that they'll probably kind of be far away from the, whoever that ninth team is, but I think they'll be a much better team. Right? Yeah, I think defensively they should be massively improved. Um, and but I'm gonna go with Memphis. I think Memphis. I mean, they made it last year, but if they're a team that's like a top five seed. In the Western Conference, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, Jaron Jackson's got to stay healthy, but I think John Morant's going to take a a real leap. Um, and and yes, I think I think the Grizzlies are going to be tough. And they, I mean, they've made some decent moves. I know people weren't happy about the Valanciunas, Stephen Adams trade. I'm not as I was never as worked up about it as most. Um, I hate. I still I, hate that. I still hate. Yeah, that. I know you hated the deal. Uh, and we'll see what the Pelicans end up being, but obviously Zion's injury, I'm not really too, too worried about I, that. I, I just, I'm not paying attention to the to the Pelicans until they have a new front office. I think. <laughs> He's just like they're not a serious franchise right now. I mean, they're not. <laughs> uh, to me, they're just not. You know, they've been running like a day camp for three years, and now people are now finally asking questions. Like this has right. been, they've been that way since day one. So yeah, I'm I'm out on the Pelicans. Yeah. Also, watch out for the uh, for in for Memphis. Watch out for the acquisition of Sam Merrill. Uh, he played really good in the preseason. Uh, th- I think they're very excited. Uh, they got him in that deal for Grayson Allen. Um, it was a weird trade because Grayson Allen was in their rotation, but they must be really excited about Sam Merrill. The way he played in the playoffs, uh, I'm not in the playoffs in the preseason, preseason yeah. suggests they may have been on to something. Yeah. No, Merrill was a you know was a favorite of yours. During that draft, um, yes, and yeah, he he looks couldn't really get on good. the court. Milwaukee was good. I mean, they were a good. No, team. it's a great team. Yeah, I, I, I didn't put <laughs> that much against him that he couldn't get on the court in that team, but uh, he could definitely play on the Grizzlies probably. Yeah, no, I really, I I do think the Kings will be in that plan. Um, I I think their defense, like you said, we much improved. I really think that Davion Mitchell, as I told you before, and we talked about it on our uh, our series on the rookies. I think Davion Mitchell is truly a locker room changing type of guy. I think you bring a guy like that in your locker room. I think you bring in a Tristan Thompson in your locker room. I think you, you know, I know he had his his, his limitations, but I think he he in some ways kind of was kind of holding the fort for Boston during a lot of that mess that they dealt with last year. Um, 
I think you bring in, you know, a veteran who plays with that kind of toughness. I think you bring a young guy who plays with that kind of toughness. I think it changes the, the locker room a little bit. I think the key for me is going to be what happens with Buddy Hill. Uh, Buddy Hill was, was ready. You know, he thought he was going to be traded to a contender. And now he's returning. You know, is he still, you know, engaged? I'm sure he'll be engaged because he wants to continue to put up good numbers to potentially entice some good teams. But with the Kings, if he does play well, you know, do they use that as more of an impetus to try to trade him? Or do they say, oh, you know, we're playing pretty well. We have a chance to maybe make the playoffs. Let's let him, you know, play out this season. I'm fascinated what happens with Marvin Bagley, man. You know me. I've been long been a fan of Bagley. I know you're kind of out on him. Um, but I think there's still a lot of talent there. Um, He's just an atrocious defender. I mean, that, that I think to me, I think, you know, I think there's two things with Bagley. He's an atrocious defender. And he's not the, he doesn't have the highest basketball IQ. So and he's always hurt. The and the third thing is, is he's always hurt. So <laughs> that's a tough, that's a, that's a tough trifecta to work around, you know, like, you know, maybe one of the three you could try to figure out, but all the three and you're the number two pick in the draft. And you're supposed to be a franchise cornerstone. And then really you add the fourth thing. What's the deal with the character? You know, you know, his dad's going crazy. I don't want to say that, you know, what his dad does means something with him, but you know, I think that they were, they seem to be questions about his character last year too. So, yeah, I didn't mention him in my in my excitement for the Kings on purpose. Like he's one of the cogs that I know that they're going to succeed. They're going to need him to play well, and I'm I'm not sold that that's going to happen. Um, right, I'm hoping it does, and that's why I I, I am kind of buying the Kings to make this uh, jump. But, he um, feels like a second. Or third team kind of guy who's going to blossom. I don't think it'll happen in Sacramento. But if a team gets him on it gets him. I mean, there were once upon a time Julius Randle was all the things that you mentioned. Marvin Bagley. It's very, it's very true. You know, um, Bagley's only twenty two years old. So, and again, I'm not. What Randle did in his late late in his career was not uh, was unprecedented. But. Um, so I wouldn't say, well, right. Randall Bagley's gonna do it too, <laughs> right? Yeah, but just the, just for that to keep that in mind, there were people that were out on Randall. Or like, he's just a guy, an offensive guy with no basketball IQ, and he, he's he's hurt. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know. So so we'll see. We'll see what what Bagley is. Um, I don't again. I don't think that'll be figured out in Sacramento, but. But yeah, also, what about what do you think about Minnesota? I wanted to be in on Minnesota, but the just the Rosas thing and the the coaching situation with the coach that Rosas handpicked. And now you've got a, a new front. I mean, it's, not, it's the same front office, but it's just a lot of a lot of chaos. I, I want to be in on Minnesota. That yeah, sounds I, 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 can't, I can't. Here. Edwards is going to break out. That Russell's going to have a bounce back here, but I, I can't with all the all the controversy. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't do it with them. Um, Malik Beasley back, and I under and I even understand kind of wanting to be in on the on the uh, on the T Wolves because they 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 have some talent. They ended the season well last year. They ended the season well. Some of that can be a lot of times that can be fool's gold. And I know to be fair, I was the guy. I was the guy who said the Suns was not fool's gold. So fair is fair. But right. a lot of years, people will say, "Oh, look what they did at the end of the year." And it yeah, that, that was that was different. That was the bubble where you had only good teams playing. Yeah, only good teams playing. Teams playing for something. So yeah, those games really mattered. And those this team was undefeated. So teams was had like, basketball in months. So like nobody was going to go out there and like try and lose. Right. It, exactly. It, it, it wasn't like in a normal sense. Like the last two 
the last month of the NBA season is always a malaise because you've got the best teams are just trying to stay healthy, the resting guys, guys playing limited minutes, the worst teams are trying to tank, and the teams in the middle are also trying to tank so they can make the playoffs. Or either make the or really trying to get the lottery, get in the lottery if you're like on the fringe. So it's it's a mess. Yeah. You've got maybe ten teams that are actually trying to play hard. And Minnesota, for whatever reason, they needed to lose games too, but they, yeah. they didn't get the memo. And they were now, I do feel like the the T Wolves benefited from um health. Like that was you know, I think T Wolves fans will tell you like, you know, the biggest thing for them at any just they haven't gotten all their guys to play together, you know? And yeah. and that is accurate that's not a you know inaccurate statement say no well you know yes we could you could say you're 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 unsure about the Timberwolves but the amount of games these guys have actually played with Cat and Russell and Edwards all together Edwards didn't have any injuries issue but the other guys who guys did they were very small and it's a it's a fair certainly a fair question to ask but I, I think the West is too good you know um I actually really did like the Pat Beverly uh edition we'll you know I don't. He doesn't seem to be. The, he doesn't seem to me to be the kind of guy that's wired to where because he's playing Minnesota, he's not going to be the same guy. Pat Beverly's right. like not a normal person, so I think he'll be acting like he's on the Lakers or Clippers, even though he's playing in Minnesota. So I don't think that there will be any kind of slippage in his game and the intensity and the leadership he brings. Um, I, I I think he'll help them, but I still feel like they're like a veteran or two away from being serious. I just don't take their guys seriously like you know you know cat and you know um happy to see him back in the court uh i forgot who i think i know i think i'm pretty sure it was michael pena who wrote the article about cat in terms of his kind of resurrection um and him trying to kind of get back to that was sports yeah i believe it was, sports it was an excellent excellent profile I suggest anybody check it out if you can uh, i'm praying he has a great year i know he's been through a lot um you know, but you know he he's the leader in the clubhouse, and he's been dealing with a lot over the last year, and he hasn't had won a lot. And you know, Edwards is a fun guy. Is he a serious guy? I think I, I don't think I can say that right now. Um, very talented, but you know, I don't know if I take him that seriously. I I, I can't take the round Russell seriously. You know, I mean, for various reasons, and yeah, he proved yeah, yeah. it this off season why I don't take him seriously. So you know, Malik Beasley's not someone I could take seriously. Like so. They don't have enough serious guys on their roster for me to be like, no, they're going to take a leap up. Like, I think they need a couple more veterans to maybe show some of these young guys how it's done. You know, Beverly was a nice choice. I like what I've seen from Naz Reed in preseason, um, but he's a younger guy too. They, they Notorian Prince, a decent addition. I think they maybe need one more guy. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I mean, I remember last year when they. We kind of knew Edwards was a quirky personality going into the draft, and uh, it was cool. I remember the whole the country kind of you know learn who how fun Anthony Edwards is. I don't think yeah. a lot of people knew. We knew, but yeah, we knew. Yeah, just watching interviews, um, the the kind of personality he had uh, through you know the Ball of Life video, you know, or the the ESPN draft video, but um, but it was always it always felt like a nightmare. To have his two quote unquote vets be Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell. Uh, I know. You know, he survived it. Uh, and the now, guy he had was Rubio, who's kind of, and Rubio's gone. Rubio was the, was the guy who, who kept everything. And it was, right. clearly that was his guy, you know, right. which was. It was really, good for him. He, you know, he knew who to follow. Right. You know, yeah, he, exactly. identified, he identified Rubio as his guy early on. Yeah, it, tell, it tells you something. They probably told him that. Like, the, you know, <laughs> Trump told him. 
you know, <laughs> yeah. stay close to Rubio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, nah, that that. But we'll see. We'll and we'll see what happens. You know, uh, where's Rubio now? Cleveland? I don't even know. He's yeah, kind of about Cleveland. He's in Cleveland, so we'll see where where his career sort of. Uh, he went from left. one night's watch to another night's watch. Yeah, man. And so, <laughs> so it was kind of sad because he was such an integral part in that bubble Suns run. I know. And he got, it, he got nothing for it. Yeah, like, yeah. He was playing legitimately good ball. And he, and by the way, had an excellent Olympics this summer. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's just not been rewarded. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think, look, he'll, he he may end up getting bought out in Cleveland. And he may wind up helping the team that really I hope so, man. Rubio deserves it. Like, he's, you know, he, you know, he obviously he was a 17 year old prodigy. Um, you know, he didn't get the NBA. He's supposed to be Luca that he was before Luca, right? Yeah, definitely. Out. Um, I think in some ways the people that were like skeptical of Luca were probably because of what happened with Rubio. Yes. But to me, like you know, he's been a good veteran. He's been a good pro, and I mean, I, he's a guy who's still getting better as an older player, and we see that sometimes. So it's like, and again, he's had these two good years, and you're like, it's like, <laughs> and what did he get for it? It gets something Cleveland to play behind Garland and, and Sexton. It's like what? Yeah. Like man, that's talking about drawing, drawing, drawing a bad card, drawing a bad hand there. Um, let's do our favorite. As we hit the one hour mark here, my my favorite topic we do every year before the NBA season. I love this topic because you know everyone always obsesses midseason about all star selections and who should make it, who shouldn't make it. We don't talk much about it before the season. But I was always thinking it's fascinating is every year, and we've, we've tracked this now multiple times, last year it was five players. Every year, usually it's between four to six guys are new All-Stars for the first time in, in you know, that All-Star game that season. It's, it's like clockwork. Every year, it's about four or five guys. And last year, it was five guys. So this year, how we normally do it, we usually do the smallest number. We do four, and we say for two from each conference. It doesn't necessarily have to be two from each conference, you know, obviously during the the way the season worked, but you know, just for this purposes, we just go for two for each conference. So I'll go first in terms of which players will be first time all-stars this season. So in the Eastern conference, I'm going to go with Fred Van Vliet, who I mentioned that the Toronto Raptors will have a resurgence. I think they'll have a strong first half of the season. And I'm going to say LaMelo ball. I think LaMelo ball is a exciting player. I think that it's clear that how he changes winning for Charlotte, you know, they were legitimately tough out when you played them during the regular season when he was out there. He was such an infectious talent, the way he's able to get guys open shots, the way guys were on the floor for him. And I think that we underestimated just how ready he was for the NBA game and how much the NBA game was so tailored to his play. Um, he was so much more advanced. I think that you'll see him take another step up in his development I'll say in his second year, he makes the All-Star game. So those are my two guys. Uh, two guards. Also, going with two guards because Kyrie Irving not being available, he'll miss a spot. So that's one. That's already a guard spot that will be available, and that's where some of these guards may come in and start to get those last few spots. So that's why I picked two guards here. Van Vliet and Ball. Uh, yeah, this is a uh, – the East is tough. East um, is tough. East is tough. Not a lot of great prospects in the East. <laughs> um Interesting. Um, so I'll say that one first-time All-Star in the East. Um, 
get the Jeopardy music going. I know, yeah. <laughs> Give me. I'll go ball. You know, I don't want to. I hate. I always try to get different guys, but you picked. Uh, you picked a good one, obviously, in Lamelo Ball. Um, you know what? I won't go ball. I won't go ball since you went there. I'll go two other guys. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Uh, I'll say Malcolm Brogdon, and I'll say I'll say Tyler Hero. Okay, I think those are good picks. I think both of those guys are good picks. Um, I'm not yeah. as sold on the Pacers. Have a lot of people think the Pacers are gonna be low key really good. I'm not as sold on that, though I love their rookie, Chris Duarte. Um, not having Levert start the season, and we'll see what he's like when he gets back. It's a little concerning to me. I don't know what T.J. Warren is going to be. But, I mean, to be fair, that also means that Brogdon's going to have a lot of time with the ball. And if they if they start the season strong this year, you know, uh, he's going to be in that conversation. And Carlisle is a very good coach. I agree. Carlisle makes a massive upgrade over Napier. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's like night and day. They, and they were pretty decent last year, even with just what, a, what seemed like just a hellish kind of, you know, situation. Turning, you know, yeah. um, we had guys, you know, Goga Bitase cursing out the coaching staff during games, flipping them off. You know, I mean, it was on the court. It was, it was a mess. Uh, so that 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 TJ Warren requesting trades after the coach gets hired. It was, <laughs> I mean, it was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> get me out of here after he got his best best season of his career. Get me out of here. Um, now we're we're to a competent coaching, so I think Indiana may actually sort of get to, you know, even though people expect them to be on the decline, may actually reverse their momentum a little bit. And with with Indiana, the last time they had competent coaching, Nate McMillan had them boys in the playoffs every year. So um, yeah, important, important note to say that. Uh, for the Western Conference, uh, I'm going to go with Ja Morant in the West. And I'm going to go with Michael Porter. I'm going to go with the, the, the new uh, Max Cat from the, from the Denver Nuggets. So um, I think the Grizzlies will be, will be legitimately good. I think that they'll be one of the top eight teams. So with them being in the top eight in Morant, I think taking a step up. I think, I think, I think Morant... Morant's a special talent. I think Morant's one of those special players where, you know, I think a lot of people last year were kind of like a little disappointed about his regular season. He had a great rookie year. Yeah. Um, but I think people said, you know, this is it. You know, in terms of his regular season, there really wasn't much improvement. He kind of struggled with the jump shot. I like that he stuck with it, but um, but he didn't shoot the ball as great. And what I love about Morant is to when you see a guy find it in the biggest spot, that tells me a lot about a young talent. Because a lot of young talent, when they get in those big spots, you know, they're trying to. It's kind of they're kind of erratic, and they're trying to. It's kind of like a, a you know a learning experience, you know, for some of these young guys when they get in those big spots, especially after what some people may say was a little bit of a sophomore slump. Morant seemed to find that it quote unquote against Stephen Curry in a playing game on the road. He seemed to find that yeah. it against Donovan Mitchell playing against Utah and that crazy fan base in Salt Lake City, putting up just crazy numbers. And to see a guy rise up at his age and his time in the league, only his second season, to find that it that we've been saying that we know that he has and we were waiting to see last season, in those moments, tells me that going into this year, he sees the matrix. This is going to be, he's not going to be maybe as kind of, you know, fooled and, and maybe not 
as kind of questioning maybe where he's at in this league. I think he knows he's a dominant player in this league. I think he I think he thought he could be a dominant player last year when he needed to realize that he is a dominant player. And I think he with you know the chips on the line, you have a chance to make the playoffs, but guess what? You gotta go to Oakland and or excuse me, now San Francisco, and you gotta play against Steph Curry, a guy who's an MVP candidate, leading almost second in the league in scoring. And that's the kind of guy you gotta play mano y mano with to go to the playoffs. You okay, you make the playoffs, all right, your first trip is you're going all the way to Saint Salt Lake City, you're playing against that crazy crowd, and you're playing against the uh the Jazz. And then Donovan Mitchell's coming back to your house and you gotta try to match him. Like seeing him rise up to that occasion showed me a lot. So I think that we're gonna see a great year from John Morant. And I'm picking Michael Porter because the talent is just undeniable. I mean, it, it, the question is, can he put it together? You know, night in, night out. I think he's not going to have a choice because of Murray not being out. And I think we saw last season um, in the playoffs, again, kind of like the previous season, where, you know, okay, guys were out and he had to kind of step up. He, he he has it in him, you know. I think it's it's a matter of just bringing it every night. I think in some ways Coach Malone's going to have to give him a little bit more rope in terms of the defensive, you know, issues he may have. But as an offensive talent, the guy's an absolute stud. He's, a, he's one of the best shooters in the NBA. So uh, those will be my picks for the Western Conference new also this year. You have John Morant and Michael Porter. Uh, so in the West, for me, uh, I'm going to go Shea, Gilgis, Alexander. Um, we didn't, we haven't talked much about OKC. I don't, OKC, I think, may be similar to last year. Where I think in the first half of the season, they actually may be pretty good. So Sam Presti is like, oh, we have to do something about this. I need to find more draft picks. Yeah, exactly. Um, and obviously they ended up, uh, you know, falling apart in the second half. Um, Shagos Alexander was actually voted higher in the All-Star game than John Morant was last year amongst the players around the league. Um, you know, and I think a lot of people would argue he had a better season, uh, in the regular season, um, before he got shut down, <laughs> basically. Uh, and look, if OKC is pretty good, first of all, it'd be a hell of an accomplishment. He'll, he'll have to be rewarded for that on some level. I, I mean, look, let's get it out the way. I think John Morant will make the all-star game as well. Um, I think he's gonna, I mean, I mentioned, I think he's, he could, he's gonna take a leap. And so if he takes a leap, then he's probably gonna make the all-star game. But, but I think Shea Gilles Alexander would be a guy to look out for. Um, the West is the West is interesting because it's not it's it's not as open wide open as the Eastern conferences. Um, even though they are better they are better guys, I just don't know. I mean, De'Aaron Fox will have a shot, but there's just so many guards. Not all, they're not all going to make it. I mean, Clay Thompson probably won't make it, but he'll he'll be back. At some point, so I don't think he'll make the All Star game. But um, you know, if guys aren't, if there are no injuries, I mean, you got Trey Young. I'm not Trey Young. You got uh, Steph Curry. Uh, you got Luca. Got Dame. You know, Westbrook's still out there. It, it's it Booker. I mean, it's just it's Mitchell. It's just a it's just a gauntlet of of these guards that a guy like Morant, guys like Morant and Fox. You know, it's 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 going to be tough. Um, I mean, I would argue that those guys probably you know, those three guards have the best chance, but they're not all. They're just not all going to make it. Um, 
And I would also argue those three guards are better than the guys we talked about in the East, maybe being first time All Stars. But I do agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just it's a numbers game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I think the problem with Shea, I, I'm not as sold that they'll they'll survive the first half of the season. I think that they're going to be in for a, a long year from the beginning. I think they're going to get beat up pretty much from the beginning, and that'll end up being a problem uh, for them. Your second guy was Fox. You said. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox said guy. Yeah, Fox. Yeah, Fox was. It was either him or I, I. I couldn't go two guards, so I had to go one. So it was either him yeah, or exactly. Morant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I went with Morant because I felt like a, a Fox. I mean, I don't. I, I think Fox may end up having better numbers. He had better numbers than him last year, but and I think the Kings will have a much better season. But I still, I think the, I think the Grizzlies will also have a better season. So I, it was hard picking those two. I think it's gonna. Be I think very a sleeper. Close. If you want, if you want a real dark horse, where it's like if you're if you're if you're just like if you're a gambling guy and you're like, I want a guy where I put five dollars down and if I'm right, I'm winning a thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. I think, I think Jalen Green would be an interesting guy to look out for. If um, Jalen Green comes out, he's averaging like twenty two points a game. I don't think he, again, it's just so tough with the guards. Like if he was in the East, it would be a much better shot, like Cade, but. He's such he's, he plays such an electric brand of basketball. The Rockets aren't going to be good, but well, he I think there's a chance that people are talking about Jalen Green, like oh maybe we you know <laughs> I have media people and you know in my head that would be calling for Jalen Green being All Star, but uh, I just know um, it's always uh, rookies just don't seem to get the respect that sometimes they deserve. Yeah, you know, not that you're wrong. Um, that people won't call for it if he plays well. Luca was in the conversation when he was a rookie. I think most of those time, no, because rookies in the conversation, most of the time they just make it. Right. In my opinion, at least. I know sometimes maybe it's not. Most times I'm like, that guy, he should really make it. But they, they're not going to put him because of politics. Right. And, you know, it's the coaches that are deciding the reserves. So, you know, there's a lot of politics when it comes to that. And a lot of it's kind of wait your turn when it comes to putting in all-stars. So that's why I, I would say – that may be a little unlikely. Honestly, my dark horse was uh, DeAndre Ayton, actually. I thought about Ayton as well. If the Suns are really good and he's a catalyst, he's going to get in. The, a guy I thought about in the East that I didn't mention was maybe John Collins, as being that same kind of guy. Yeah, I, I thought about John Collins, too. I actually thought about Bogdanovich. I was not voting for Atlanta Hawks. So. <laughs> I know. I did think about Bogdanovich. Ooh, Bogdanovich. Yeah, Bogdanovich. I mean, I, they, they, yeah, Donovan is a hell of a player. He's um, a good player. That team is lofty, man. All star. I mean, I, I know. I just mentioned Jalen Green. So, <laughs> yeah, you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Jalen. You mentioned a rookie. So my thing is, <laughs> Eastern Conference is not as you know, it's a lot better. Yeah. but it's not the same. You know, it's yeah. West. I did think about Kate Cunningham. High well. in town. Um, but I just I think that you know he'll have to hit up. I think with, with both of those guys, it's going to be with. Really, I think almost any rookie is. Is your team even winning at all? Right, you know, any good. And I think both of those teams are not gonna win, win at all. Yeah. So is there, that's gonna be kind of a you know the dead on arrival. I, I've heard. I think. I think I heard a, a trendy pick has been Darius Garland. Um, <laughs> I, I, me and you are lower on Garland than everyone. We may have to play it back if Garland comes out averages like twenty five. But like, no. But there are a lot of people who really feel like he's uh he's a like that he's ready to break out. Like that's not like a. Like what I said. Yeah, it's not, not yeah, you're not making that up. But I know but, me and you are not me and you are not there yet with him. Yeah, they just I I just I don't see it. I mean, with, I see I see the USA, I see theoretically his style of play. Like 
would, would be proof to him being a potential this breakout year. guy, but I don't see it functionally and not on that team. I think the team is the issue for me too. He's playing with another backcourt guy that likes to he, shoot more than he he's does. Playing with like four power forwards, and he's got four power forwards that also like to shoot. Besides, yeah. I mean, I guess Allen. I mean, he's not. He's a five, but like you know, marketing and Love and Mobley. I don't, it's just it's just a weird mix of that. There's no way I'd be shocked. And also I'd the Cavs. I'd be shocked too. I'm just saying this is, what, this is what this is what the streets are saying. That's gonna be a bad basketball team. Cavs, yeah, they stink. Yeah, they're not they're not good at all. They're they're the they may be the worst constructed roster besides the Magic in the NBA. Yeah, maybe more than the Magic. I think I think I think at the end of the day, the Magic have a rhyme or reason to what they're doing. At the very least, if you if you can go small, like you can figure something out. I don't think you got a chance if you got all these big men as your best. I'll tell you what, man. I know you're the Jalen Suggs guy. Yeah. Uh, hey, although I, I say this, I hated him. I, I mean, I loved him coming. Yeah, you like Jalen well, too. Why are you but, putting this but, on me? You know, he, I know he's a zag, but come on. Yeah, he's a he's a Gonzaga guy. So you're the Gonzaga guy, I'll say. Uh, Sugg did not have a good preseason, and does that? <laughs> if you're a Magic fan, what should be your where where should the panic level be? Not to say that like Suggs is a bust, but just we're all banking on we were banking on the Suggs pick making sense, assuming he was far better than. Anthony and Hampton. Right now, Hampton might have had the best preseason of all three of those guys. Uh, I'm not going to freak out about preseason. Because that would mean that this team is going to be all-time bad. Oh, and I think they still will be all-time bad. But I, but I think... I thought maybe something can save them from that. I think if he was even ready to, ready day one, he, nobody could save them from the 60 loss in their <laughs> team this year. Um, I, I wouldn't freak out about it. I think that... Uh, I think with rookies, I'm not freaking out about preseason. I would be more concerned if it's like a third or fourth year guy who's a young guy that's ascending. He's really struggling. I'd be like, oh man, like you know, like, like Kevin Knox's preseason last year. I'd be like, oh, right, is, is, is we still doing this? You know, like that. That would be a little more concerning. Um, or maybe two years ago, last year he was okay. But like you know, if you're talking about a guy who's a rookie. You know, he's never played in the NBA before. He's dealing with nerves. He's on a team that's not. Again, the roster's not constructed that great. I mean, the Magic are like a G League team, like in terms of age. Like you're looking at, you know, they had Chuma Okigi, who's barely played in the NBA. They just got Wendell Carter. They signed him to a four-year deal. I think that was a pretty good deal they signed him to. Mo Bamba had a really good preseason, and if you sold your sock on Mo Bamba, I think you may regret it. Um, Franz Wagner's in the mix here. You mentioned RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony. It's, it's, it's the only veterans that really gonna get time are, are Ross and Harris and probably Carter Williams, I guess. Maybe Mo Wagner. I mean, it's it's a very oddly constructed team. The <laughs> other guy, real quick, yeah. I totally forgot that they could have a big year and maybe make an All Star game in the East. I mean, again, this is like really slim pickings in terms of the guys we're talking about. But another dark horse to me is Rui Hachimura. Um, if you watch the way Rui played in the Olympics. Uh, he he's been away from the team. He's been away from the team, though. He's been dealing with some. Uh, yeah, he came back. Yeah, he uh, just came back. So we'll see if we'll see if he's ready to play uh, at the start of the season, but um, and how you know obviously how he looks. But if if he continues the development that we saw in the in the Olympics during the Olympics, um, the range is is better. Uh, obviously, the middle game has already been there, but it's 
it's even more comfortable. And well, I'll tell you what, playing on Team Japan, that although that Japanese team was a lot better than the teams he's used to playing on, you know, back in his youth days. I mean, those teams were just a mess. That Japanese team is actually pretty good. Um, but playing on Team Japan is a lot harder than it will be playing for the Washington Wizards. So, um, where he's not seeing double and triple teams every time. Right. Um, so I think that uh, I think he's a guy that you know could have a breakout year, could average twenty. Um, you know, if Beal, you know, passes the ball <laughs> a little bit. No, at least now it's not Beal and Russ. So you know, there are some shots for the, for the rest of the team. <laughs> but um, uh, but no, we'll see. I it's, it's it's not. I mean, there aren't there aren't a lot of guys. I don't think I don't think there will be. If you're asking me if I do, if I think there will be a new All Star, I don't think there will be in the Eastern Conference. Mm. That would be my that would be an even I guess an even bolder prediction than, than picking two guys. But uh, those are some of the names that I would look out for. Uh, earlier in, in the in the pod, we talked about teams that would that would ascend in the in the in the East and the West. Teams that will decline. Um, for me, uh, I, I look at Philly as a team that uh, could could that I think will take a Take a fall. Um, I think this Ben Simmons thing is, is a powder keg. I think it's a disaster. And I think they're going to feel it in the standings. Um, you can't tell me, you know, a guy, you know, you're trying to, to visit him in Los Angeles to try to mend fences, and he tells you, you know, <laughs> to cancel your flight. Yeah. You can't tell me that things are going to be all good, you know, weeks later when he shows up unannounced, ready to play. I, I, I think that, that there's no way they'll be the number one team in the East. I think that they may fall. You know, maybe four spots. I, I really, I, I think a, I think a Philly, I don't free for all maybe a, a harsh word, but I mean I think if you go from one to four, that almost feels like a free fall. But I think that's really possible. I think that there's a chance that, um, the Heat, the Hawks, or even the Knicks, um, jumped them this year because of just the the strife. It's not necessarily the talent that they have a very talented team, but. When the strife includes the head coach, that's very problematic. You want to hope that the the coach can manage the strife. He's in he's he's front and center in it. The whole the beef is is centered and started with him. So um, until I see them make a trade that you know it's just their roster is going to be much different. We're really talking about Simmons being there. Even if he ain't there for a lot of the time, I think that they're going to feel the pain of this very chaotic off season. Um, and the Western Conference. Uh, I'm going to say the Clippers. I, I'm not sold that the Clippers are going to be really even that good. Like, like I, a lot of people are still sticking them as a team that will make the playoffs with the playing situation. I'm not buying that. I I think going from Kawhi Leonard and Eric Bledsoe, I, I, I don't think you can even compute how much of a drop-off that is in your starting lineup. But that's, that's an insane drop-off. You know, Reggie Jackson had a great postseason. I was so happy to see him play the way he did. Does he replicate that for a full regular season? We'll have to see it to believe it. Um, they're not a team that's built to lose a mega star like Kawhi to me. They're kind of an older veteran team. Uh, Terrence Mann, I think, can really play. You know I've liked Terrence Mann since he was at FSU. And I, I didn't yes. think that when we saw a play from him, that was real. I think he'll play great this year. But I didn't think I'd take a big step back. I think the, the Clippers will not be a top 16. Um, I mean, I agree on the Clippers. Uh, when it comes to the East, um, 
the 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 East is is, is weird. I mean, I kind of look at Brooklyn, and I'm I'm not sure. Assuming the Kyrie thing sticks, if this team is going to uh, they'll make the playoffs, still be good, but will it be a little chaotic this year? Uh, I think so. Um, I don't buy that Harden and Durant are going to play like 75 games. Um, and if they don't, I don't think that those guys single-handedly, I mean, they, they'll keep them in games. It's like the Westbrook thing, but I don't think those guys single-handedly will, are going to make them a dominant team. Um, you, the point of the, the point of the thing is to, you're going to at least have two of them. Now, either they're going to have to play every game or you're only going to have one of them. And so they made some moves. Uh, they'll be a playoff team, but Steve Nash is going to have to coach this season. Um, and that'll be a real test uh, of, of his, of his, you know, coaching ability. Um, they would be the primary team that I would look at and say, uh, you know, his team could, could maybe take a step back from a standings perspective. They'll still be, it'd be there at the end uh, if they're healthy, but, um, I'm not quickly. I'm not as convinced of the Brooklyn Nets will know their second this year, only because I think that them losing in the losing last year, I think will not allow them to take as many games off and stuff as you you suggest. I think they're right, gonna, right. I think they're gonna play the string out hard. I don't think this is gonna be um, them kind of you know lazy boying it until the postseason. Right, and that, and that is that is a very fair point. Um, the West is a is is is. Is a little different. I mean, I I don't know about Portland, man. Like, they kind of look like a team where this thing should have been blown up years ago, mm. and they're still they're still at it. And I, just, I can't, I, I can't, yeah, I, you know, I can't believe that this is the same roster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every team around the league is is innovating, trying to get better, and they're out here running it back. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't get it. And it's, it's inexcusable in my opinion. I know they brought in Chauncey. That was obviously met with a lot of controversy, but right. um, but I know they obviously they brought in they brought in Chauncey. That's supposed to be the big change. They look like a team to me that you know won't have Damian Lillard in the second half of the season. Um, <laughs> I was watching him in the preseason. I only watched one game, but it was against Golden State, and, and it was, it just looked like they were on another planet playing against that team. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I don't know if I want to take too much from that game, but you know, it, this is also a team that didn't that wasn't like spectacular last season. I just playoffs. don't I don't I don't like it when a, a player publicly says I'm I'm deciding whether or not I'm going to demand a trade publicly, and yeah. think that he's going to be you know all in on this season. Not not in Dame is an ultimate professional. He's going to put up great numbers, but yeah. you know, it, it, in terms of just like what that does for the locker room, what that does for the team, and what it does for him personally, like. It's a bad. That's a it, it, you know you decided to come back like I. I don't know. I I I think that, yeah. I I agree with you. I, I think Portland is in for a really disappointing season. I mean, and they're they're. I mean, think about it. The guy that they're banking on being like the X factor that changes everything for them is Larry Nance Jr. And it's not a knock on Larry Nance Jr. He's a good basketball player, but he can't be. He can't be the guy you're selling. You can't be the guy. I mean, you're... I think I think he's a downgrade from Melo. You can't put him on the media day guide, on the cover of the media day right. guide. This is why I think they're gonna be different this year. Yeah, this is why Portland is back. We got Larry Nance. Uh, it, you know, and Cody Zeller. 
<laughs> Cody Zeller, Dennis These are the guys they brought in. Dennis Jr. made the team. Like, these are the Greg guys. Brown. I mean, they, their roster is worse. <laughs> There's no question their roster is worse. It looks like it took, it took a step back. I mean, you're not. And they wrong. weren't that good anyway. They, I mean, they're bang, and they're banking on Norman Powell. Right, who they signed and uh, from the being, trade. They're, they're banking on him being what he was last year, which felt like an anomaly. If it's an, if it's if that was an anomaly, and they take a step back, they're in big trouble. I also uh, hate the idea that like when Covington's offense really left him, like the option of having Melo and him being such a good offensive player, like they don't have that anymore. Like they gotta just live whatever Covington's giving them offensively. And it's just, yep. you know, some some nights he's hitting that shot. A, yeah. a lot of nights it, it could be haywire, and you know, there's no there's, there's Nance, no to me isn't a good plate way to sell spell. Covington to me. There's just no real wing scoring or forward scoring on this team. Besides Powell, yeah. None. Yeah, besides Powell, who's six three. <laughs> I mean, right. yeah. There's a lot of guard it's just guard play. Yeah. Which guard play can take you a long way in this league, but you gotta have some versatility. And I don't know, man. I am nah, they, really... they would be that team that I would look at and you know. And I hate I hate it for Chauncey, but I don't, I don't see it. Let's get to season awards for the year as we get to the wrap of this show. Um, most valuable player for me. Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Giannis. Giannis, the the new the new he's third MVP in four years. Uh, I think the new additions to his game he looks so confident in the jump shot and the one-on-one game and again i think when you see a player kind of find it they don't go back at least not until like they lose their prime or whatever i think he found it in the playoffs i think he you could maybe say he found it in that game six with that just iconic performance i, I think that he's a i think he's a different class of player now and russell westbrook lost it <laughs> <laughs> well he's not, i would say he's not i would say he's not in the prime of his career um, but uh, but you know, I think Giannis found it. I think that the Bucks will stave off any major dip into the standings because of his uh, play this year. The guy's built like a machine. Maybe they have other guys get banged up or hurt. I think that he's gonna be fine. So he'll be my he'll be my pick for MVP. Um, I'm kind of going back and forth between. So most people, I don't I don't know if anybody has picked Nikola Jokic to win MVP, even though he won it last year. Um, it's strange because I have a reason why you want to know why I didn't pick him. Why? I think Porter is going to be a lot better. No, I think that to me, Jokic is a great player, and I think he'll have another great season. But is he gonna, it's the Giannis effect where people are going to? No, I, I think I think I think not having Murray for a lot of the season is going to be a, a little bit of a problem for the team. Not a super problem, Interesting. but I think. You know, what kind of put him over the edge was okay when Murray went out for that last month or so of the season. He he turned he seemed to take it up a notch. That was for a month. Now I'm telling him to do that for five or six months. I I don't. He's a, he's a great player and they'll win a lot of games, but I don't think he'll play at that level. And they, and they win like that. Maybe he does play at that level, but they're not going to win the way they did. So that I'm looking more at, at Murray. Murray is an integral part of that team and, and, and not having him. And I love bones Highland, but you know, you're talking about, you know, putting him in there to replace him. 
in terms of not not in the starting lineup, but in the rotation as a guard scorer, it's, it's going to be a big difference. It's going to hurt. Yeah, I'm I'm actually a little worried about the whole like the Giannis factor where a guy wins it, but then he struggles in the playoffs or doesn't win in the playoffs, so then people dismiss him. You know, Giannis won't have that problem. Like Giannis could have won it last year, but people he totally could have. Yeah, yeah, people didn't take him seriously. Now they're going to take him seriously, and that will absolutely help him. Uh, I think Luka Doncic is going to be a guy to look out for. Um, and I was somebody that last year was not as in on the Luka kind of win MVP thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't think Dallas, I thought they would be dangerous in the playoffs, but I didn't think from a regular season standpoint, they would be one of the, like the best team in the West. Um, and I don't think his stats, I didn't think his stats would be gaudy enough for him to win MVP. Um, but I think he's, I think he's going to have to take a step up this year. If he doesn't, that'll be an indictment on him a little bit, you know, not to say like, you know, he's overrated, but just if he wants to be. If he wants to continue on the trend on the track of I'm the best player or I'm one of the best players in the league, he's got to take another leap. He can't get bounced in the first round. He can't his team can't be a six seed or a seven seed. So I think he's got to take a step up. I would assume he knows he's got to take a step up. And um, I mean, obviously, we saw how dominant he was in the Olympics. And that was only yeah, that was only a small sample size. Yeah, he's only uh, getting better and it's scary. Yeah, he's only getting better. He's going to have to continue to, you know, work on his conditioning and whatnot. But uh, I think I think he's he's I think he'll win it. Uh, I think Dallas will be much better. Um, but uh, we'll see what that means. <laughs> we'll see what that means for the playoffs. Um, I feel you. I mean, I feel that in terms of Doncic and his is his talent. Um, I think with him, it's all going to be about team success and. I'm not as bullish on uh, Dallas as you are in terms of team success. I think he'll be in the conversation, but I don't think that he'll eventually win it. Um, let's do uh, – uh, I'm going for a coach of the year. I'm going to go with um, – I'm going to go with uh, I'm gonna go with Nick Nurse. I really think Toronto's going to have a, a pretty solid year. They they probably – I don't think – I just I think they have a really good first half. I think they may – Stumble a little bit in the second half, but I think that they'll uh, be a playoff team. I think they'll surprise some people. I think Nurse, they'll be, he'll remind people why people thought he was a really good coach. It's uh, funny. I, I mean, NBA Coach of the Year is a, it's kind of a funny award because it's like, I don't know. It can go it can go anywhere. It, yeah, it can he, go anywhere. The best team. It can go a guy on a team that wasn't yeah. that great, but he proved them. It, it can and the guy could win it, and then the next year. Get fired. Yeah. Every other year, but um, the, the, the guy that I would look at um, to win coach of the year, uh, I think Rick Carlisle is going to have a shot. Okay. Uh, in Indiana, Indiana is a top four or five team in the East. Um, but I'm actually going to go with uh, Quinn Snyder. Uh, okay. He's going to win Coach of the Year. I think the Jazz should be the one seed again. Um, and I think he'll win it this time. Okay. Most improved, I'm going Michael Porter. Uh for the same reason I didn't say Jokic would win MVP. I think not having Murray 
we'll see him kind of extend to a true starter. Uh, most improved for me. Uh, I mean, I mentioned Tyler Hero could be an all-star. Yeah. Um, and I think Tyler Hero is going to win most improved player. Uh, you know, I think he's a guy. I think he's going to average 18, 19, 20 points a game this year. Uh, he need him to. If they don't, or if he doesn't. They're not a D team. And that's a, like their, their bench is their. They, they lost a lot to get Lowry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's. Yeah. I know. So they, because of that, they're relying a lot. They're going to be relying heavily on on this guy to be like their quote unquote Devin Booker, and um, he's not going to be obviously that good. But he, I mean, if he gets to twenty points per game, and they're also a really good team in the East, if they're a four or five, six seed, uh, he'll have a shot. Porter's an excellent, obviously, obviously an excellent pick. Health is going to be the main question with him, um, but. From a talent perspective, I mean, it's all there. You know, he's 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 got all of the game. I think six man of the year is too much of a crapshoot to guess, but we can do defensive player of the year. And I'm going Draymond Green. I think he's going to be the center Draymond defensively Chip. as a uh, as the reason why the, the Warriors return to being a pseudo contender in the West. Uh, defensive player of the year. Uh, Rudy Gobert wins another. Wow. Um, I think the Jazz are going to be really good this season. Uh, I think they'll be at the top of the, of, of the conference, and I think he wins uh, Defensive Player of the Year. I respect you giving the Jazz this much respect, only because I think that, like, we forget how ravaged they were by, with injuries in the regular season, and they still yes. found a way to be the number one seed. They're an excellent basketball team. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't really. It's just a matter of again, do you can they do it in the playoffs, and that's the problem. Right. But in regular yeah, season, from that loss, you know, and it was a tough loss. Obviously, not a game, not a series they should have lost, <laughs> but they did. Uh, but I, I, I still think that they're going to be, and happy. they, they, they are going to have to figure out, you know, for them, what do they do when teams go small? I mean, Rudy Gobert couldn't hurt them. Right. He couldn't hurt the other team offensively and they stressed him so far where he you know he can't guard the paint and he's going against a guy like you know uh Terrence Mann you know and he's trying to guard the guys the perimeter like that's like teams are gonna they saw what the, the Clippers did to them you know some of it was by they had no choice you know they, they had to just put their best five offensive players out there they won any chance and but it worked so so I, I think that you know Gobert is gonna be an interesting player I think for the whole season because I think that not only his defense, of course, still being that linchpin, but teams kind of unlocking how to score on Utah and also him not being able to punish them for putting a 6'5", 6'6", guy on it. That's going to be a major question for him, and I'm curious to see how he plays all season. Um, let's do NBA NBA Finals this year. So this season, Kendall, I have the Brooklyn Nets coming out of the East. I have the Phoenix Suns returning to the Finals in the West. And I have the Brooklyn Nets beating the Suns in, say, five games. Kevin Durant's uh, MVP. Wow. Even without Kyrie Irving. I, I, none, none of that pick has anything to do with Kyrie Irving. I'm assuming he's not playing all year. That's my pick for the finals. Wow. Interesting. Um, on my end... 
Uh, I'm going with the Utah Jazz to come out of the West. Spoiled it by the, all the Jazz talking the last yep. five minutes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I have the Utah Jazz coming out of the West. Um, you know, I didn't mention Donovan Mitchell in the MVP conversation, uh, but I think he will be in the MVP conversation. I think he will too. Um, and I think he, I think he leads his team to the NBA finals, uh, and coming out of the East, uh, coming out of the East, I like the Milwaukee Bucks to come back out of it. Um, and I like the Utah Jazz to win, to win, win their, uh, what first championship in franchise history. Wow. Donovan Mitchell Finals MVP. I, I, I me and you, I think, are on the same page. I think Donovan Mitchell ascends himself to like elite player in this season. Yeah, I think this is where we. Uh, people always talk about the similarities between him and D Wade. I think right. this is where we get D Wade, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, He's I think like, I. Yeah, look at him as a census top ten guy in the league. Yeah, I think to me, I think basically what what you're doing with that is like told me like when the Heat lost to the Pistons the year before. Right, and next year Wade won the chip, beating Dallas, beating Detroit in the conference finals. Right, like, to me that would be like the same ascension there, and I can see it. I I can see. It. I think to me he 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 ends he is the difference. I think I think they have some some they have some strategic coaching things they got to figure out, which I think will be curious. You know, with you picking Quinn Snyder as coach of the year, but I think even beyond all that, if Donovan Mitchell becomes a supernova that he he says that he is and he thinks that he is then that masks a lot of other issues you may have. You know, Giannis, you know, going to the supernova level in the finals masked a lot of other issues that the, the, the Bucks had. So uh, I respect that pick. So I got the Nets it's, and Suns. We both have a team returning from last year, which is interesting. Neither if Brand runs into Utah in an NBA final, that's not a good matchup for them. Uh, which I agree me. with that. Yeah, I agree uh, with that. Obera is going to be a lot more relevant <laughs> in that series than he would be. Uh, in most series, but yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that take. I didn't mention my Boston Celtics at all. Nope. Uh, I didn't talk about the Knicks much either. <laughs> not yeah, not much to say about the Celtics. No, but uh, um, but I will say that I do think they'll be improved. Mm-hmm. Um, from last season, if I mean, obviously, not a great start with. Two of your top four players getting COVID uh, before the season, but yeah, um, smart getting suspended wasn't good either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So three of your top four players being out of commission before, before the season, but um, but the other guy, I think Jason Tatum is going to take another leap, man. I think I don't think it'll be in the MVP conversation because I don't think I think it will be good. I think it will be better, but I don't think it will be top of the East, but. I'll give you a vote prediction. I think that he'll be the top three scorer in the NBA. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if he's going to lead it, but he's going to get 30-plus per game, I think. That wouldn't surprise me. The guy's a, and his scoring is ridiculous. Yeah, and when he's locked in, I mean, last year, we <laughs> forget, man, dude, we're using an inhaler post-COVID. Like, he was really struggling, and he was still dropping 50 on teams. In the playoffs, using an inhaler. Yeah. So, and, I, and, yeah, when he is locked in, Things are going to be easier, and I think Jalen Brown's going to have a big year, assuming he can get back healthy. 
Um, I think, yeah, I think we're going to see some really special stuff out of Tatum. Um, but I just think he needs more help. <laughs> so it's not gonna, it's not gonna matter. It's not gonna matter when you get to the playoffs. But exactly, he's gonna have a huge year. And, I, and, I, and by the way, saying I didn't speak much about the Knicks, I think the Knicks, I think this idea that the Knicks are gonna fall on the like just free fall in the standings because everybody else in the East has improved. I think is is I, I think the East the Knicks may very well be right where they were last year, around four or five. Wow. Which would be great. I think that yeah, that happens. That I don't think that you say, "Oh, they plateaued." I think considering how much got better, because I think I think again, I, I'm expecting some free falls from a team like Philly. Um, Atlanta may jump them. I'm not as convinced Miami jumps them because their bench is terrible, and they have to thread such a needle for them to I think to be one of those top four or five teams in terms of staying healthy, and they're doing it with some old guys and Butler and and Lowry. I just don't buy that's going to happen. So. I think those are, and then I, I think the, I think the, the Knicks and Celtics I think are close. I think the Knicks are a step up because of their depth. Um, I think the Knicks are going to be really good. I think that the Kemba is such a big upgrade over over uh, Alfred Payton. He started to show some signs defensively in the preseason that are very concerning. The stuff that Celtic fans were talking about. So that's something to follow, but I still think he'll give you. I mean, Alfred Payton will give the Knicks nothing offensively. So. So Kemba, even you know, with the limited time and some of the injury stuff he went through, I think him giving you anything is going to be an upgrade. I think that you know people are saying people are going to be looking out for the Knicks. I think the Knicks will be more comfortable with the new coach, with the new being comfortable in their system, in their principles. I'm not as like I'm not as convinced that oh it's going to be the teams that are going to be hunting the Knicks. I think the Knicks will be more comfortable in what they do and who they are as an identity. And a lot of these teams will still be trying to figure themselves out because they've changed the roster so much. The Knicks changed the roster, but they really only added two players, and those guys are such better players than the other guys they lost. No disrespect to Reggie Bullock, who I think will help Dallas, but Fournier, I think, is, is an upgrade over him, too. So I think the Knicks are going to be a team that will remain a tough out in the Eastern Conference, and I do think will we'll end up being, I'll say, a top-five team. I'm not going to say they'll be four, but I think they'll definitely be a top-five team. How about that to close the show? Talking Knicks tape. Um, that'll do it, though, for this edition of the NBA season preview for our new generation podcast network hope you guys enjoyed it i can't wait for these games to start i know you guys can't wait um of course if you enjoyed this podcast make sure you catch all of our podcasts on new generation podcast network that's our podcast Spotify, stitcher and tune in also be sure to check us out on youtube where again we're dropping our um our first new generation rookie reports on youtube where we're going to be chronicling the rookie uh the, the this rookie class this season we'll be talking about um, in these videos, previewing their season, but throughout the season, we'll be talking about some of these guys and some stuff they're doing throughout the year. So make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, New Generation Media. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast. Um, and of course, follow us on Facebook, New Generation Media as well. And follow us individually on social media. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, Instagram, Action EJ. Kendall can be found on Twitter, New Gen Ken. Thank you guys again for checking us out. For Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.